Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your name. Lord, we praise you, Almighty God. Lord, we praise you, Most Holy One. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you, Almighty God. Lord, we praise you, Most Holy One. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise your name. Amen. Amen, everyone. Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. For he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the word that you presented for us today. We ask, Lord, that you lead us in this word, guide us, and teach us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen, everyone. Let's get started. We are in John 17. Now, Father, the after Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over, over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those who would, to all those who have given him. Now, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Notice what he's saying here. He said, with the glory I had before you, before the world, before the world began, 
So when you hear that uh, in the beginning it was nothing but darkness and void, but he was in glory. <laughs> ah, that makes you wonder, doesn't it? Your eyes have to peek up behind that. Okay? He was with the Father in glory long before the world was created. So it tells you everything was predestined. It was already planned out. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I have revealed you to those who you gave me out of the world. See? Predestined. He already knew who God was giving him. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as you are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scriptures will be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. And I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of this world any more than I am of the world. And my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is true. And... You sent me into the world, and I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Now this is Jesus speaking to the Lord, his Father. Hmm. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray alone for those who will believe in me through their, their messages, that all of them may be one. Father, just as, you, just as 
you are in me and I am in you. And may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we eat, as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I would... I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And I see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, righteous Father, through the world does not, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them as that I myself may be in them. Amen. Amen. This explains very well what is meant by I and you and he and me, okay? Chapter 18. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kindrum Valley. On the other side, there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas who betrayed him knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment, uh, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. And they were carrying torches and lanterns and weapons. Now Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with him. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the word he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Mel Melchus, Malchus. And Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup? 
the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with his commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Clephas, the high priest, that year. Now, Clephas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be good if one man died for the people. And Simon Peter and other disciples were following Jesus because um, because this disciple was known to the high priest. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, and Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You are not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servant and the officials stood around a fire, and they had made uh, a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his preaching. I have spoke openly in the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple. Where all the Jews come together, I said, nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. And when Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded. If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Anas, then Anas, then Anas sent him still bound to Clephas, the high priest. As Simon Peter stood warming himself, he was asked, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied, saying, I am not. And one of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Again, Peter denied it. And at the and at that moment, <clears throat> a rooster began to crow. Then the Jews led Jesus from Cephas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now, it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleansiness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So... Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If, if he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. So Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. 
This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken indicated indicating the kind of death he was going to die would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If I were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. And you are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying, I am a king. In fact, from this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shook and they shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. <clears throat> then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for, for a charge against him. And when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to the men, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priest and the officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jews insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, we must, he must die, because he claimed to be the son of God. While Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, you would have no power over me 
if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the Jews kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. And it was the day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. <laughs> the chief priest answered, finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, known as known in Arabic as Golgotha. And here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Now Pilate had noticed, uh, Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign for a place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate. Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lots who will get it. This happened that the scriptures might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here's your mother. For that time on, this disciple took her into his house. 
Later, knowing that all was now complete, and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked the sponge in it and put the sponge on a stake of the hyssop uh, hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jews did not want the body left on the cross. During the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the of those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it had given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and his testimony so, and his, and he testified so that you also may believe. These things happen so that the scriptures will be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Later, Joseph of Arimathea, Armetha asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away, and he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of mirth and aloe, about 75 pounds, taking Jesus' body, the two of the, uh, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid because it was the Jewish day of preparation. And since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, 
Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple overran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen, and they there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside, and he saw and believed they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Now they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried away if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to, your, to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. 
After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sin, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Notice it says he breathed on them. Okay? One thing about the Gospels, read the Gospels. Yes, we're rereading the same thing over and over. But each one of the men in here tell a slightly different story from their own approach, having to do with who they are, where they came from, their background, and also what they saw. You know, uh, I can see something and somebody else will be standing right next to me and they'll see it too, but they'll see something different. And so that's what you have here. Or they'll see something that you missed. Like, for instance, I saw Johnny go to the store. After that, I really didn't pay Johnny any more mind. But my friend standing next to me saw Johnny go in the store. And while going in the store, he was talking to someone at the door. But I didn't see all that because, you know, I, I looked away. Then uh, John, who was in the store, saw him come in, saw him talk to somebody, but then he also saw him go to the counter and pick up a wrap of bubble gum and buy it. You see, the story continues on. Somebody else was there to see the full thing. Or when you put the stories together, you get the full picture. So that is really the importance of reading all of the Gospels. Okay? Um, let's continue. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were uh, and put my hands into, the, into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand 
and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. These are people today. We, we have not seen the Lord like these people did. These people literally saw this man standing in front of them day and night. We are not. We are not like them. We believe according to what we read and what we know. Those of us who have had the opportunity of actually seeing our father or those who have actually talked to their father can attest to this because you really haven't seen at first. Okay, so our people after Christ died, anyone after Christ went on belief. Okay, um, Jesus did many other miracle signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Afterwards, chapter 21, afterwards, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas called Didymus, uh, Didymus and Nathal, Nathal from Canaan in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, well, go we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but the night they caught nothing, and early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the nets in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, and there were fish on it, and some bread. Now Jesus said to them, Bring some of this fish you have just caught. And Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore, and it was full of large fish, 
But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the saying with the fish. And this was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was risen from the dead. Now, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciples whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread amongst the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testified to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So he's telling you he couldn't write down everything that happened because there's just not enough room. But he's writing down the main things that he remembers. And as he tells you, the person, the disciple that he keeps mentioning in this story, the one that loved him and the one that did this and the one, okay, he's letting you know it was him, 
John. Just for those who's wondering. It was John, but he couldn't put himself in there. He was the disciple. Okay? All right, everyone. I hope that this was a blessing to you. I really hope that you received much from this. Um, as I said before, read all of the Gospels because each one of the Gospels tells you the story of Christ from the beginning to the end, the things he went through, and the things that he said that still carry true today. Okay? Be blessed by these and live accordingly. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Almighty God, for this word that came across today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. This is Minister McMillan saying have a blessed evening and good night.